Hey, Edith. Hey, Christy. Did you hear about the Smith's tradition of carving the names of the people next in line to the family fortune into their old weaving machine? No. It's a family heirloom. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a bit of a way to go, isn't it? Okay, here's another one. My grandmother died and left me a tomato. What? I shouldn't have asked for any heirlooms. (laughs) Oh, Oh, I like it. I like it. Hi, I'm Christy. And I'm Edith. We're backyard gardeners from Colorado. And neighbors. And friends. These days, gardening has gotten very popular. And we've noticed more and more people picking our brains for tips and troubleshooting about gardening. We're not experts. We just learned a lot about gardening from the mistakes we made along the way. So welcome to Upside Down Tulips. A fun podcast that celebrates gardening gone wrong. Upside Down. Oh, hey, Christy. How's it going? Well, it's going pretty good. Well, everybody, we're glad you're here. We're going to talk about heirlooms, hybrids, and GMOs in a little bit, and then we're going to share some letters from the mailbag. But first, we're going to talk about what happened in our gardens last week, or garden-related matters, (laughs) right? Because at this point, November, Colorado, maybe not all that much is actually happening. Yeah, the absence of nothing. But yet, there's still things happening. There's Okay, so... You want me to start? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so Christy, remember that first snow we had that shocked us so much? The one in the September 8th, September, maybe? The first, before Labor Day. The first week of September, we had this snow. And remember, we brought everything into the house. And I You brought, did, but I didn't. Oh, I did. I brought everything in. And I brought in some cantaloupe that were unripe. Some of them were pretty small. Uh-huh. And I just assumed nothing was going to happen with them. And I kind of forgot about them. Well, yesterday... I saw it, and I opened one up. They were absolutely wonderful. They had hey. ripened, and they're still good after two months. That's impressive. That's really something. They weren't mushy, or they weren't? No, they were delicious. And do you remember, I don't know when it was, but I said to you, I tried to cancel open. It wasn't very good. Yeah. Well, that wasn't ripe. That was my problem. Interesting. So anyway. What a nice surprise. What a wonderful surprise that was. Speaking of surprises, have you checked on your tomatoes in the attic? <laughs> yes. In fact, I went up and I called it my tomato harvest of the attic. Yeah. And, and I brought a little bowl of tomatoes down. So maybe about oh. a four or five good-sized tomatoes and then maybe about eight or so Roma tomatoes Great. and then maybe about ten little cherry tomatoes. I uh, I ate a, I ate a tomato today that, that had ripened in uh-huh. my house. And it reminded me that often... I can make the tomatoes last until Thanksgiving, right before Thanksgiving. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's a long time to have fresh tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah, and then we have that really sad part of December, January, February, March, where they're just terrible in the grocery store. Yes. Unless you want to spend a lot of money. Right, And, and I don't, so I can just do without a tomato and look forward to if you get some, have you noticed if you have something that comes easily and all the time, it's never as special anyway. I so agree with you. Right? So, that's a good thing. In, Ju- in July, we'll have fresh tomatoes again. That's right. In July. Yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> Christy. Edith. Do you remember last week, we have like this running joke now about robins and yes. stuff. 
Well, Batman of Robins, around a Robins. I want to bring up Douglas from Tennessee. You said last you said a reliant of Robins. Yeah. Remember? And yeah. I, you know what? I kind of chuckled, but it was a fake laugh because I had no idea what that was. He wrote to tell us what that was. What is it? Okay, what did he say? Hi, Edith. A Reliant of Robins is a joke based on the Reliant Robin, an English auto from the 1970s, a widely reviled three-wheeled small car. It was the source of jokes for decades. It's a car. It's a car. I googled it. It's the ugliest thing you've ever seen. Does it look like a Robin? Nothing. Well, I guess if the Robin has a really wide little butt, I guess. (laughs) Uh, But it's like... Douglas, thank you. I want to say thank you. You know, you're kind of like the Alex Trebek of uh, Upside Down Tulips. Nice. I just want to kind of honor Alex Trebek a little bit. Love that man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he was my friend. I really feel that he was. Because he visited us every day. Yeah. Yeah. And and, uh, one of my big regrets is that I won't be able to ever meet him because I've, I've tried to get on that show three times. Wow. I'm not going to give up. I've taken the test. It's hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had a friend, Bob, that took it. And uh, yeah. And the maneuvering of the, the buzzer is very hard. You have to get into the right rhythm. You have to follow Alex's voice. Yes. And get into the rhythms because you can't do it too soon. Got to do it exact. Yeah. I just, I feel blessed that uh, for, for him and his wonderful life. Yeah. I I'm glad too. you mentioned yeah. him because yeah, uh, that was I, I'm sad mo- news in a, in a really wonderful week. Sad news, and what a uh, what a model of dignity and strength he was at the end. Mm-hmm. To work until what two weeks before? Yes, he that is really something. And to, and to share his journey Sharing with America. It. I had forgotten he was sick because he kept mm-hmm. working, and I kept thinking, well, he looks great, and he was in pain, and he just kept working. But to bring the mood up a little, I have been thinking about more things like um, a reliant of Robbins, mm-hmm. but not not for Robbins. I came up with, for people, I came up with, oh, no. I did, a bingo of Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> and then I came up with a potluck of Protestants. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's all. Those are the two main religions uh, I know about. And okay. I don't want to offend anybody. So. <laughs> that's good. Thank you. You know, um, Christy, I have something for you. And this is something we talked about. As I'm, I'm walking over to Christy now, and I'm holding this really far away. Thanks, Edith. It's 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 You're wrapped. Welcome. I love this. It's wrapped in the funny pages. That's how I wrap my Christmas gift. That's, that's... <laughs> so this is kind of the thing. Can I make the... more noise for our engineer trying Please. to unwrap it? <laughs> I forgot about that when I wrapped it. I mean, this is the thank you for the pickles, the peaches, the pumpkin seeds. Oh, Edith. Huh? You gave me the weeder that has a little snake's tongue yep, at yep, the end of it because yep. I said I didn't have one last week. That's exactly like the one I bought years and years ago. And do you notice what's at the end of it there? A little red um, tie so that I won't lose it in the garden. Exactly. Now, that used to be an exercise thing that's shredding, so it's not going to last all that long. But if I drop but I, it someplace. But I, but I figured, you know, yeah. the handle on this is sturdy. Well, mine has lasted for years. And can I say one other thing? Last week I said, when we did our tools episode, that I thought Ace Hardware was so great. When I went back to buy you one, 
I noticed that all the cancer warnings were up there, but just facing away from me. I couldn't find one without it. So facing away from you, yeah, you like have... it was shunning you. Yes, so yeah, yes, <laughs> hiding in shame. So I went to Home Depot, and that's where I found that. And they have, they have tools without the cancer warnings. Okay, yeah, which which we still don't know if that tool may still have those dangerous plastics in it or not. It just doesn't have a cancer warning on it. We have no idea about anything anymore. Yeah. That's pretty much life yeah. in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to start digging up some weeds with this. You're going to love it. It's so great to use. It's so easy. Oh, it's so great you, to use. Edith. What You're a welcome. nice treat. Hey, Christy. <laughs> what is a man without his tools? What? Supervisor. Ah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, one more thing in this update. Uh, Christy and I have posted, Thanksgiving is coming. Everyone is saying Go out to the store and get your stuff early because people are may get greedy mm. again because we posted what I think is the best stuffing that I have ever tasted. It's Jean Amol's stuffing. Jean Amol was a Denver uh, journalist on the Rocky Mountain News, and he also had a classical music show on the radio. And he had a stuffing recipe that was the best ever, ever. And it's on our website. Yay! Yeah. Lots of good things on the website. Yeah, lots of good things indeed. Upside Down Dictionary. Mm -hmm. Chance to see pictures and recipes. All the past episodes. Mm -hmm. And future episodes if you're psychic. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Christy? What's been up with you? Uh, I have been moving things around a little bit. So my geraniums that were all outside, Yeah, I moved them into the garage. I trimmed them back. They were in pots, right? You pots. didn't transplant. They were in pots. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just took the, them and the pots and just threw them into the garage. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I did it too late or not. After the snow, I sent them out for a couple of weeks because yeah. it was still so nice out. Yeah. So I guess we'll find out in the spring if I put them in too late. They you were... trimmed them down? Do you cut them uh-huh. down? I tried, yeah, maybe about at least a half. And w- when they when they blossom in the wintertime, do you do you take those blossoms off or do you let them go? It, they will rarely blossom in the winter. Mine are blossoming in my house. That's oh, why that's I'm nice. asking. And yeah, I've because mine in my garage will just get cold. They'll I, kind of go dormant. Okay. I want mine to go dormant, so so I keep pinching stuff Yeah, I would. Off. Yeah, pinch okay. them down. Yeah. Okay. Good, good. Yeah, Thank I did you. that with my, I do that with my mums too. I brought some mums into the garage and I trimmed them back. Oh. And they they should come back in the spring. Oh, I'm hoping my mums make it. I left them outside. They're in the ground. They're They'll not be in fine. pots. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because okay, I gave you a mum this year. It's doing good. I watered it today. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then when the geraniums and the mums are in my garage, I just maybe water them once a month. Oh, gosh. That, that'll make it go dormant. If someone only watered me once a month, man, I would not get out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> and I brought my jasmine plant that was outside. I brought yes. that inside and I repotted it. So we'll see what it looks like. So far, it's looking okay. I'm gonna, I'm nervous about it. Why? Why are you nervous? Just because I'm bringing a tropical plant that was outside and happy, oh. and then I'm bringing it inside into this dry environment. Remember what we talked about? Remember yeah. how to turn it? I'm turning it. it. Uh-huh. And, and, I, and I put it in a different pot. Maybe spritz it with water to make it feel I got humid. a spritzer by it. Okay. I had it in a clay pot, but you know, those can absorb a lot of the moisture out of the plant, so I put it in a, a different type of pot, so I think that'll help. Okay, good, good, good. Uh, another thing that I did was I um, 
I had all these pepper plants that I pulled up from just from the roots up and I put them in the garage so that they would ripen. Uh-huh. And all my peppers ripened. Wait a so minute. You pulled up the entire plant. Entire root and plant. All, yeah. And hung it or laid it on the Laid it on the ground. With peppers on it. Yeah. Like we're talking green peppers. We're talking jalapenos. Ha- You're kidding. And they all turned color. I like them to turn color because it helps the color of my hot sauce because I don't want to put artificial coloring in it. I want to use the natural color of Christy, it. Christy, that I have never done that. I've never pulled up the whole entire the whole plant. That is fantastic. I didn't know you could do Kinda that. I forgot about it a little bit. And then I went, oh, I should do something with those. And so they've been in off. your garage and, and they're not going to get too cold. No, they were fine. I took them off and I, I washed them up and I put them in the freezer. And then maybe in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to make another batch of hot sauce. And that oh. recipe is on our website. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that that's a wonderful thing that I just learned. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> you make me feel so smart, Edith. You What? You make me feel smart. Well, you are smart. Oh, you thanks. tried out three times for Jeopardy. They let you come back. <laughs> See, that's the thing. If you had been dumb, they wouldn't have let you do number two and number three. Oh, gosh. I would have been banned. You would have been banned. They'd be yeah. like, you know, we're not going to waste <laughs> our time with Christy. But they didn't do that. Well, the last thing I have for an update in my garden, and this is sort of the continual process of being able to do garden cleanup, because the weather's been pretty nice here in mm-hmm. the Denver metro area. Mm-hmm. It's been in the 60s. 50s, 60s. 50s, yeah. 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, I had this long strip um, alongside of my house where I had marigolds all summer. I remember. Mm-hmm. And boy, weren't they beautiful this year? They were fantastic. Even yeah. after the snow. Yeah. After the snow, I trimmed them back a little bit, and they just came back even better. I was, they were just been a very, make me, make me so happy. And I always have marigolds because, well, you know, my mom had marigolds, and so yeah. I, so I just like them. Well, they're very big, and now they're done. So we had that second snow, the uh-huh. frost, they're absolutely done. And they have a tendency to way over onto the sidewalk, mm-hmm. which makes it hard to shovel. Yes. So I, as a favor to my handsome and handy husband, uh-huh. I thought, well, let's clear those up for when the snow really starts to come and it won't be so hard for him to shovel. And I just got in one of those meditative states of cleaning up those marigold plants uh-huh. where I was there, I was listening to a podcast, and I just started to harvest all the marigold seeds as I was popping up the plants. Do you know how many marigold seeds I have, Edith? Did you count them, Christy? I didn't count them, but I have a bucket, a two-gallon bucket of just yeah. marigold seeds. I'm not surprised. They're unbelievably prolific. Edith, do you want some marigold seeds? I have an entire huge bucket myself. <laughs> They're the best seeds. They're so happy. They're, yeah. They grow so. I told you, I use them when I send Christmas gifts by the mail. I use them for Oh, padding. that's right. I do remember that. Yeah. And then people get a gift and you don't have to use, you know, styrofoam for padding. And they get seeds. And they get seeds. But they could plant. Yep. And they're the easiest seeds to grow, I think. I think so too. Yeah. They, so, they put up with a lot. So that's what's going on in my garden. Christy, I forgot to tell you this. So the other thing that I brought in when, uh, when the cold, really cold came, I cut a bunch of basil and I put it in a jar thinking, well, I'm going to use this in the next couple of days. And I didn't. And now it's all rooted. Get out. It rooted in the water. Oh, in the water in the jar. In the yeah, water. yeah. So now I am going to put it in a pot and see if I can grow the oh, basil. fun. And see how long it lives. That's one of the things I love so much about gardening are the little science experiments we get to do. Yeah, yeah. Like we're a little botanist, huh? Yeah, I like to feel like a little botanist 
once in a while. <laughs> Hello, welcome to another episode of How Does Your Garden Grow? Our first example today is the Keeping Up with the Joneses Gardener. Meet Marjorie. Oh dear, oh my. I'm sorry, but you, Cherry Tomato, have gotten leggy. Neighbor Barbara's tomatoes aren't leggy. And you, early girl, still green? Really? Linda's been eating her tomatoes for weeks. And you, you call yourself Brussels sprouts? More like Brussels mini marbles. I've seen Brussels sprouts at the farmer's market twice your size. I can't post pictures of this on my Facebook page. People will pity me and use that crying emoji. And then there's the disciplinarian trying to have the best lawn, the best flowers, the best vegetables. Here's Valerie. Stay in your row, green beans. Stand up straight, beets. And where are the carrots? I don't see any carrots. We have ways of making you grow. Oh, but that's not your problem, is it, Mr. Zucchini? You are taking over the whole garden. Stop it. I will turn this hose around and give all the water to the radishes. So maybe some of the ways to garden are less good than others. And yet, gardeners, keep on gardening however you want to do it. Grow something. It'll nourish your soul. Well, this is a very fascinating topic we're going to have. We're yeah. going to discuss what the heck are heirloom seeds and plants, hybrid seeds and plants, and GMOs, and what we should be concerned about and what we should uh, consider as we're gardening. Christy, for, for years and years, I had no idea about the difference between heirloom and hybrid. If you recall, and I even went through my seeds, some of which go back to 2001, they didn't even used to write that down. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I brought them uh, from, the, from this seed company, the Rocky Mountain Seed Company, is uh -huh. now defunct, but you would just buy seeds. I never knew what the difference was either until really? one of my neighbors, when I was planting tomatoes, says, are any of those heirloom? And I went, I don't know. I just bought them at the store. But an heirloom is a plant with a lineage that is about 50 years old. So pre-1950. And an heirloom will be specific to an individual region or location. And some of these seeds can go back 100 years. You can get... Heirloom seeds from Mount Vernon or Monticello that are over 200 years old. Wow. Heirloom seeds, heirloom seeds have one parent. Yes. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. They have one parent. They are openly pollinated mm -hmm. by bees or moths mm -hmm. or butterflies, etc. And they always bear true. So that means you can save seeds from an heirloom plant and you'll get the exact same plant the next year. That's what we mean by one parent. Mm -hmm. And they do produce seeds. So you can save seeds forever from an heirloom. And they will always bear true. Mm -hmm. You always get the exact you always get the, the exact same plant. One of the reasons why I like heirlooms is I love how they all have stories. Oh yeah. You know we're storytellers, right, Edith? Yeah. And these heirloom seeds well they have they connect us to our past, to our culture. Um, I love that part about heirloom I like seeds. the way they taste, too. Yeah. Um, the, one, the one disadvantage that I have found, and it's kind of small, is that because they're not hybrid, 
they are more susceptible perhaps to disease True. and to insects, which is why I always plant one or two more because every year I do lose, and I was thinking about this, I lose at least one heirloom. I don't usually lose a hybrid, but mm. an heirloom, I it will go. Yeah, it's sort of like heirlooms have a little bit of diva in them. Oh. They are susceptible to more disease. They'll get more cracks. They'll have, um, they especially when it comes to tomatoes, heirloom tomatoes, they mm -hmm. really hate uneven watering or water on the leaves. They're persnickety. They are, per and, and they deserve to be because they're old. The most popular heirloom tomato is the Brandywine. I've had that. That's a good one. And it's named after Brandywine Creek in Chester County. Country? Chester County. 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 Probably, is it Pennsylvania? Yes. Yeah. There's a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the strains go back to 1885. Wow. It's, and, the, and the other thing that's interesting about that can be heirloom tomatoes is that their harvest time is longer. So it can be eight, this, the brandy wine is 80 to 100 days from the time it takes from transplanting a seedling to the day you pick your first ripe tomato. Is how long? 80 to 100 days. So it's a long time. But it's worth it because mm -hmm. it's so slow maturing. That's what makes the tomato taste so good. That's right. And they don't mature all at the same time and then they hang around mm -hmm. for a while. My other favorite heirloom tomato is the KC149. And I love this tomato because it is the original world famous Campbell Soup Company's soup tomato. And it is bred in the great state of New Jersey where you used to live. The Edith, Garden State. And I went to graduate school at Rutgers and it was bred by George B. Renard and released in 1956. And I grew one of those this year. And you named her Alice, if I'm correct, or she was Mrs. Brady. I don't know who she was. She was Mr. Brady. Mr. Brady. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we're not gender specific. Got we're, some tomatoes. We're so forward yeah. thinking. Yeah. But I just, it's always good to have, I think people, you should grow some heirlooms. Learn the stories of the seeds. I just love that. Mm -hmm. They taste better. They taste delicious. Just know you may have a little bit more babysitting yeah which why would you even grow a garden if you didn't want to spend time in it right yeah so it's right. not really don't don't even think about it as babysitting think about it as being friendly with having conversations with right <laughs> yes. like it's a, your kitty cat nice my kitty cat who is right now high up on a bookcase uh-huh asleep yeah leonardo DiCaprio. all right so that's heirlooms what okay. about hybrids? Well, hybrids. Now, hybrids can occur in nature, as we know. Like if you have a male horse and a female donkey, and they, you know, do the thing and have a baby, <laughs> <laughs> that baby is a mule, and that baby is sterile, just exactly like hybrid plants mm -hmm. are, right? If it's a female horse and a male donkey, this is interesting, it's called a hinny. Really? Have you heard that before? I think the name sounds familiar. Yeah, it's a hinny. I like it. Well, like so, so the same is true with dogs, how we we breed different 
dogs together and you get a different kind of dog. Yeah. And, and so it is with hybrid. And hybrids, from what I understand, have been bred to better resist disease or to come to come to fruition earlier mm-hmm. so that you can extend your season. For example, ripe tomatoes can start earlier. I do, I do have, there are hybrids I absolutely love. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. What are some of your favorites? Uh, this summer I had the, my cherry tomato was called a Super Sweet 100. I, that's what I have written down too. It was so good. That's the best, that's my favorite hybrid tomato it's a can, plant. It's a I get it every year. Yeah, it's a gumdrop. It's candy. I get it every um, year. What else? I like, um, um, what? Juliet, early girl. Early mm-hmm. girl because it's the first thing. Yeah, it's and so nice. That's your July tomato. I should always plant early girl, and I will from now on for forever. Yeah. What about you? Um, well, super sweet, absolutely, for sure. I also love uh, Big Boy. That's a big, big tomato. Big, and so I love boys. the story behind this one, too. What is the story? Is it Arby's, Big Boy? or No, it's no? Burpees. It's what? Burpees. Burpee seeds? Yes. Don't you love that name, Burpee? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> well, hybrid plant didn't come around until the 1930s. Oh. With the Great Depression and the drought, and people were looking for disease-resistant plants. And that better and that are better against a mm-hmm. drought. Oh, that makes sense. Though, of course, as we were saying, people have been doing, you know, breeding plants for thousands of years. Um, the first hybrid plants really go back to 1717 when people started pollinating, where humans were pollinating plants together. Do you know what I read, Christy? I read that settlers, that people came here from England in the late 1600s, and you know wild strawberries, you know, we Mm -hmm. have wild strawberries everywhere, and they took some of them back to England, and they bred them with their strawberries, and the result is our strawberry today. Really? Yes, I read a strawberry story. I did. Well, the first hybrid plant was created when Thomas Fairchild put the pollen from a carnation into a sweet William. Okay. Oh, we're talking flowers. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, a lot of, in fact, a lot of our plant, a lot of our flowers are hybrid flowers. Of course. Tulips and lilies especially. I did not know that. Well, the burpee um, was created by Dr. Ovid Shafris. He was the director of research for the Burpee Company and a vegetable breeder. And he also joined the faculty at Rutgers University oh, come on. in New Jersey as a geneticist. So. You know, not enough people name their kids Ovid anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good name. O-V-E-D. Either way. Not the Greek way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that hybrids can get a bad rap. Oh, because um, they provide a, a, they're part of a well-balanced garden, a hybrid plant Christy, have you ever seen hybrid uh, seeds for sale? I must, because there must be a lot of, a lot of seeds must be hybrid. But they don't say so. This is what's so interesting. Like, it'll say heirloom, but not necessarily, if it doesn't say heirloom, it's not necessarily a hybrid. And, um... You know, I did look it, look it up. I looked some stuff up. And wouldn't it say if it were a hybrid? I just think it's a given. You do? Yeah. Huh. Okay. 
Okay, I didn't. I didn't realize. Yeah, that. like it, it has to be the, the makers of two different plants together. Okay. If okay. it's not, a, if it's not an heirloom, then it's a hybrid. Okay. You know, um, the sad thing about hybrids is that they usually don't have a really good story, or the story is hidden away in the vault of some seed company. But I think that you know people should grow both. One is not better or worse. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. You know, it's food that you're growing, which is better than food that you can buy in the store. So. Always. Yeah, that's without a doubt. I mean, And there's some food that we that I enjoy a lot. Also, I think about this like, you know, Meyer lemon. That's a hybrid lemon. A tangelo. A yes, lime quat. A lime quat. A <laughs> plum rum tubi. <laughs> right, all those weird fruits. <laughs> yeah, all those weird fruit. Isn't um the pumpkin with the with the dots on it with the bumps on it, isn't that a hybrid? Yeah, what is that? It has to be. Yeah, that's a beautiful looking thing. You know, it's so ugly, it's beautiful. Yes. Yeah, like the ugly fruit. It's a gourd. Yeah, (laughs) a gourd. Ugly fruit is a hybrid. There you go. Upside Down Tulips is brought to you by The Record Scratch. Gardeners come across all sorts of surprises in the garden. Do you ever wish you had a sound effect to fully emphasize your surprise? Then you need a record scratch. A record scratch is the sound of a phonograph needle suddenly producing a single scratching sound on a record as an abrupt interruption used to call immediate attention to something. Look how beautiful my grape leaves look. They have never looked better. Oh, Japanese beetles! That early snow ruined my garden. Hey, looks like everything's going to be okay. I am so excited. Time to harvest all the potatoes. Yay! What? All that work for just one tiny potato? The record scratch. The sound effect of surprise. Try it in your garden today. This is a great commercial, Christy. I just have one question. What's a record? Now, when it comes to seeds, a lot of people want to know, is it organic? Mm-hmm. And interestingly, just because it's an heirloom does not mean it's organic. No, not and the same thing. just because it's a hybrid doesn't mean it's organic. Or To be an organic seed, the producers need to follow established guidelines to produce them. And... It costs money to be certified organic, so therefore, seeds that are organic may cost about three times the amount. To me, it's about the philosophy about where you want to spend your money and how you want to support things with your money and the mindset of how you want to garden. Mm-hmm. Well, I think if you have a limited budget, I think mm-hmm. organic seeds are maybe not the most important thing because... It's a seed, and mm-hmm. when you raise it organically, whatever you raise, it, it will come out as an organic <laughs> yeah. food, uh-huh. right? And you're right. It's much more expensive, and I don't blame them. There's a lot they have to go through. It's so easy not to be organic, and it's cheaper. So, yeah, I'm with you. Have you also noticed that on, on some of these seed packets, it says non-GMO? I have recently started to become aware of that. Let me tell you how confusing that is. You can't buy a GMO seed. This is, it's either, it's either trying to get a leg up 
on the competition. Oh. But it's just confusing. The only people that can buy GMO seeds are farmers. and you Commercial have producers. Commercial producers who buy them from Monsanto. But you cannot buy, at least not yet, a GMO seed for your garden. There's a, there's a, let me see, up in Boulder, there's a seed company and uh, Lake Valley, and they mark all of their seed packets non-GMO. And that's quite, um, it's unnecessary. And I think it's mm-hmm. confusing to people. And it was confusing to me. Your home gardener is, it does not have a worry about no. getting GMO seeds, which, by the way, means a genetically modified mm-hmm. organism where the DNA has been manipulated in the lab by a scientist and patented. And you can take not just two different plants, but you can take two different species, like a fish and a tomato. Yeah, I've heard about that. And, 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 uh, the big thing now, the really big thing is um, Roundup. The the Roundup, the poison that, mm-hmm. that, you know, is acknowledged to cause cancer. Monsanto injected, they, they uh, invented the Roundup. When the patent was almost done, they got, went into their lab and they injected Roundup into a canola plant. And they created what is called Roundup Ready plants. These are plants that you can spray more Roundup on them. And to- the, yes, so the plant won't die, but all the weeds will die. Um, the question being, does it also kill uh, bees, insects, right. microbes? The, you know, you or know what happens when we eat it. They what don't know yet because GMOs have only been around for about thirty years. So there have been no long-term studies. Mm -hmm. You know, the jury's out. I mean, Mm -hmm. literally, people are really on one side or on the other side. And uh, I'm I'm a person who I believe in uh, things taking their time. I believe in not taking a risk with my health. I mean, Monsanto is the company that also co-developed Agent Orange, uh, CPC, what is it, PCPs. And what is the other thing? And we all know what Agent Orange did overseas, mm-hmm. right? To our soldiers and to the people on the ground there. So the other interesting thing is that, as we know, we talked about seeds can, they fly around. They, seeds don't stay in one place, right? <laughs> right. So they can hitchhike on a bird. They hitchhike on a bird. They hitchhike in the wind. Mm-hmm. In uh, 20 years ago in Saskatchewan, Canada, there was a man named Percy Schmeiser, and all of his neighbors grew canola, Roundup Ready canola, and some seed. And he did not; he wanted to have, you know, organic. And some seeds blew into his field. You, he can't kill them. You, you can't kill mm-hmm. them, right? Because mm-hmm. they're re- Roundup resistant. So they grew, and he figured, I'm going to take some seeds and I'm going to plant them. When you buy seeds from Monsanto, you have to sign a contract saying. They're one-time use. You will never collect seeds. You will never give seeds away. So they took him to court. They took him to court saying that you used our seeds without permission. And his thing was, they blew into my fields and I couldn't kill them. His thing was like, you know, this is like if, if the Exxon Valdez, if the oil spill, if they 
sued the shoreline for hogging the oil. <laughs> That's a great analogy. Yeah, it's not mine. I, I got it on this thing. Interestingly, there's a movie coming out called Percy about this farmer oh, wow. who just died in October, and he's going to be played by Christopher Walken. Nice. So Percy lost. He played a good... Yeah, he did. He lost, spent 20 years going around talking about the perils, really, of, of this roundup. Uh, the other thing that Monsanto has done is for, for years and years and years, Christy, nobody patented seeds. The, the United States government... Who wouldn't. owns a seed? Who owns a seed? Exactly. Well, Monsanto changed that. They went to the Supreme Court... They have 17,000 patents on seeds. They are going to corral the life-giving seeds. Everybody, save your seeds. Uh, and there's nothing that we can do about it. They also have people that go into jungles and forests and other countries, and they collect plants, like healing plants, and then... They let them go to seed. They collect them and they patent them. They patent seeds that have been free to everybody. Not even GMO seeds, but just just seeds, mm -hmm. healing seeds that they steal. That they, you know, other mm -hmm. people, someone does that to them and they take them to court. Um, so it's yeah, it's, they those folks are lawyered up, aren't they? Yeah, it, it it's sounding like I don't like them, um, and that's true. I I don't. There are um, many many countries ban most of the european union mm -hmm. bans gmos you know what a country i find very interesting that bans gmos who is ireland because the potato. ireland um a million people died from the mm -hmm. potato famine and they discovered a way to get the blight the, that caused the potato mm -hmm. famine is still there and they discovered a way to eradicate the blight through gmos Mm -hmm. So one would think a country that suffered so greatly would be welcoming of this potato. And Ireland said, get it out of our country. Christy, this is, what's, this is why this is confusing and interesting and you can't get to the bottom of it. Northern Ireland opted out. So Northern Ireland, they can grow GMO. Oh. In Germany, the only plant that's been grown that's GMO are potatoes. So, so it's a partial ban. It's a whole ban. Uh it's really, really confusing. Well, some things are good, though. Let's talk about, do you want to talk about the papaya? Papaya, yes. In Hawaii, which was almost eradicated in the 90s because of a disease called um, papaya ring spot virus. Mm -hmm. And it was devastating the whole island. And they, through GMOs, were able to find a way to eradicate mm -hmm. the virus and save the, the entire crop. Not every GMO has to be Roundup ready. That's the thing. I think that's important. It's just about manipulating the seed in a lab. Mm -hmm. And you won't get it in your garden. The other common things that'll be GMOs are cotton, alfalfa, corn. 90% of the corn in mm -hmm. this country. Yeah. I've also heard, though, about summer squash. Mm -hmm. Me too. Salmon. Um, they now are starting an orchard in Washington State that has uh, GMO apples. There's three kinds of apples. There's, and I saw all three of them at King Supers the other day, one next to the other. They are Granny Smith, Fuji, and Red Delicious. 
they won't brown so quickly, right? That's exactly. They don't oxidize. Well, it say, exactly did it say that. on the apple what it was? It do, no. How because, did you know? Because I looked it up on the. Uh, oh wow! It's on we the have... FDA website. Oh, gotcha. So the only way to find out, because no mm. one's going to put those stickers on. Yeah. Everywhere, pra- practically in the world, you know if you're eating a GMO, except here. They don't let you know. In the United States. In the United States, mm-hmm. yeah. One thing I think when I read about GMOs, I go, well, actually, that's a good reason to have a GMO, is what they're doing with rice. Mm-hmm. And they're putting beta carotene in manipulating rice so that there's more vitamin A. Uh-huh. So for people who across the world who are heavily reliant upon rice as their only food source are getting more nutrients in. Yep. That seems like a good thing. It does seem like a good thing. And then on the other hand, what these what this Roundup Ready planting has done, it has created super seed, super weeds through mutation, which could cause a super bug. Which which is going to almost inevitably cause super bugs, just like the whole. Remember when everyone was antibiotic crazy, feeding it to pigs and cows mm-hmm. and everything, and then the the whatever what what do you take antibiotics against? Those things got stronger and stronger and stronger, and antibiotics for us humans got less effective. So there's always like there's, there's it's really cool. it's two sides of the story. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. What's yeah, right? it seems like in some cases it, it could be so helpful. Yeah. Also, they're trying to make DNA changes in seeds that will be helpful for climate change. Yeah, that's probably a good thing. Mm-hmm. It that probably, um, and they got to hurry up with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm sure they've been working on it for a while. I mean, they're scientists, so yeah. they've been telling us all along. Um, it's really hard. I think that human beings are so inventive and so creative. And sometimes in such a rush. Oh, yeah. You know, that, mm-hmm. that we have made some pretty, pretty big mistakes right right next to making really great strides. Exactly. Yeah. You look at, you know, Jonas Salk getting yeah. the cure for polio. Mm-hmm. And right next to that was the, the nuclear bomb. Right. Right. I think one of the reasons that I'm really worried about stuff like that is um, I remember thalidomide babies. Do you remember that? Uh-uh. This was in the, this was when I was a little girl. It is, uh, doctors were telling pregnant women that they should take thalidomide for, against morning sickness. Uh-huh. And then their babies were born with flippers instead of limbs. Oh, my gosh. Thousands and thousands of them. So ever since then, I was like, you know, when people rush something to market, sometimes really devastating results, just devastating and GMOs are not regulated by the FDA. No. No, they're regulated by the people that make them. Mm-hmm. It's a monopoly. Yeah, I know. Not it makes good. me nervous. And yeah. also, you know, I, when I went to buy you that weeder, I mean, we know now that Roundup causes cancer, but there are just so much Roundup still at the stores. Why? I, I, I was like speechless. Well, is one different when it's commercial grade? Because... I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. The people that have been bringing suits against Monsanto, which they lost, and billions of dollars they have to pay, some of them, I think, were like backyard people. Oh, really? Uh, not sure. Not positive, no. Don't know. Fact check. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back to you next week on that, okay? We're on a deadline here. <laughs> favorite 
favorite, it's my favorite, it's Edith's favorite time, it's mailbag. Ding dong. <laughs> you see, that's funny, everybody, because I always say ring, ring. You know, you keep me on my toes, Edith. That was hilarious. Oh, wait, you weren't calling me a ding dong, were you? No. Okay, okay. No. <laughs> okay. Well, we've got time for a little mailbag. Oh, and good. we got a we got another letter from Paula from last week. Oh. Now, folks, you remember Paula from Florence, Colorado told us all about her sister's pumpkin that she had for over a year. That's right. And it looked beautiful. We saw it. We saw a picture beautiful of it. pictures of it, a white pumpkin, uh-huh. and we were marveling. Even after we were done, we still kept talking about how the heck did Paula's sister keep that pumpkin mm-hmm. for a year? And so I wrote Paula and I asked her, how the heck did she do that? And Paula wrote back. Oh, thank you, Paula. She says, hey, it, it's been shockingly easy. It lives on their covered porch, so it's mostly out of the elements. And somehow no critters have discovered it, so the skin hasn't broken. My guess is that it's probably been drying out, and I'm wondering if it's going to last forever. Oh, okay. Wouldn't that be nice to have a dry pumpkin? Maybe that's what it's doing. Maybe that is exactly And what also it's because it wasn't jack-o'-lanterned. You know, right. it was, at least from what I could tell, it just looked like it was painted. Yeah, kept whole. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll find out next year. I guess that's a good lesson, everybody. Keep things whole. <laughs> Never cut anything, not even toast. Folks, if you have um, a gardening story to tell us, a success, a flop, uh, stories about heirloom tomatoes, hybrid tomatoes, tomatoes in your attic, write to us. Write to us for any reason. It doesn't have to be any of the above. Maybe you're mad. Maybe you're mad. Maybe you need an ear. We're here for all those things, huh, Christy? Maybe you have fashion tips. <laughs> I personally could use that. <laughs> well, we would love to hear from you. Write to us at UpsideDownTulips at Gmail or at our website at UpsideDownTulips.com. Nice. Hello, it's magic time. It's time for inspiration. This quote is from Alan Armitage. He's a professor of horticulture at the University of Georgia, where he teaches, conducts research, and runs the horticultural gardens. Gardening simply does not allow one to be mentally old, because too many hopes and dreams are yet to be realized. That's beautiful. It's a time of hope, isn't it, Edith? It's a ton of hope, you know. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't lead a horticulture, so that's good. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening today. (laughs) Thank you to the new people that started listening. And um, it makes us feel better when we know people are listening, huh? Oh, they're out there. Even if we don't know it for sure. They're out there. They're out there, right? They are. It'd be better if you would write to us. But sure, you know, you do you, you guys. Do you. (laughs) We are Edith Weiss and Christy Montour Larson. And we thank you from everything, the bottom of our everything. If you enjoy Upside Down Tulips, please give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Tunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. A special thanks to Denise Gentilini. She composed and performed the Upside Down Tulips theme song. If you want to hear more of Denise's music, go to denisegentilini.com or you can find that link on our website. Now don't forget, if you make a mistake, your garden will forgive you.
sure will. Hybrid, heirloom, doesn't matter. Uh Uh-uh.